the psalmist cries out, passion for your house consumes me. Some translations say zeal for your house consumes me. And as the disciples witness Jesus's outrage, in their minds, Jesus steps into the picture painted by the words of the psalmist, and they see him in that story. They see him living out a story of their faith. Jesus is consumed by zeal for God's house. He's overcome by righteous anger. The Greek word that's translated here as consumed can also be translated destroy passion. A passion so intense that it compels him to act. Upending tables, scattering coins everywhere, uh, driving cattle out of the temple. Jesus really knows how to crack a whip. Can't you just hear it? Stop turning my father's house into a market. That's a picture you just can't unsee. In that hypercharged picture themselves, me. That's what he meant. This is what the psalmist was talking about. Psalm 69 is a whole lot longer than the little portion that we read today in, in worship. I strongly recommend that you take the time this week to read the whole thing. The psalmist, he's writing because he suffers. He's suffering because of his passion for God, his passion for worship. He's lent or called to do, and he's repented in the very traditional way that they're called to repent with the wearing of sackcloth and with fasting And for all his trouble, he's mocked, he's insulted. People are talking and they are not saying nice things. Both family and friends have abandoned him, have betrayed him. He cries out to God, this is all for your sake, God. It is for you that I bear these insults, would you please? God is quite literally consuming him. It is devouring his spirit. It is destroying his reputation. As the disciples see it all in an instant, in that instant, they wonder, where's all this going to lead? Where will this go? What will become of Jesus, given his zeal for the house of the Lord? What exactly is Jesus? This is protesting corruption in the temple. Merchants were price gouging, kind of like being charged $12 for a hot dog at the Yankee Stadium. Another house of worship, some might argue. And maybe that was present. Maybe not. But what the references to the Psalms in this particular reading indicate is that Jesus had another concern. Concern for authentic and meaningful worship and for true devotion to God. Jesus looks around. Brain just went dead. Uh... Court, thank you. In this temple court, he looks around himself at all of these people, at these merchants, and he thinks to himself, is this it? Where are the hearts of all those who are worshiping? On what are they focused? The temple in Jerusalem was enormous. Imagine 12 soccer fields lined end to end. We've all seen it. 
Some of us worship there on Sunday mornings. That happens. And within the temple, there were all these courts. There was the innermost court, which was the Holy of Holies. And this is where only the high priest could enter. And they went only twice a year. And when they were in the Holy of Holies, they were asking for forgiveness for themselves and for the people. And then right outside the Holy of Holies was the court of priests. And outside of that, the court of Israel, and then the court of the women. And this big section out here was the court of the Gentiles and worship. And it was in this outermost court where the vendors and the money changers did their business. And y'all, it was a necessary business. The temple was the only place in Jerusalem where you could offer your sacrifice. But most people, they didn't live nearby. They weren't around the corner. People traveled very long distances to come and be a part of these pilgrimage festivals. And so they wouldn't bring their animals that they would sacrifice with them. That was too cumbersome and risky. The animal could get lost along the way, could get stolen, could die. If the animal did manage to make it all the way to the festival but got injured along the way, it was now unfit for sacrifice. It was much more practical to just wait until they got to Jerusalem and purchase their offering there. And because Rome occupied Jerusalem, they had to use Roman currency to buy all the things that they need in their day, needed in their daily living and in order to pay the Roman taxes. But Roman, because these Roman coins named for themselves divinity, to use these coins inside that sacred space for sacred purposes would have been sacrilegious. So when they arrived at the temple, they had to exchange their Roman currency for Tyrian shekels. Merchants and money changers were a necessary part of this whole system, this system that the people were beholden to, this machine that systematized the holy rite of sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins. And just like we do today, sometimes the system could become a sacrifice for authentic. How often do we go about our lives? Business as usual, showing zeal for God only on Sunday mornings. And then only if we can make it home in time for the kickoff. Jesus is meddling, y'all, in this particular scripture. He's stepping on toes. And as Jesus steps into the story, these worshipers are playing out. I imagine he thinks to himself, is this what it's come to? Is this what it means to worship God? Faithful devotion to God is reduced to this business? Stop turning my father's house into a market. When Jesus, exasperated as he must have been in that moment, proclaims that, he's calling to mind the very last words of Zechariah's prophecies. The prophet Zechariah claimed his message during the early days following the Israelites' return from being in exile. Prophecies were for the purpose of calling the people to rebuild, rebuild a society that was centered around and focused on God and on worship in the temple. Zechariah envisioned an Israel where temple holiness was practiced in daily lives, where it, was so where it was so faithfully practiced in the home that there would be no need 
to have merchants or vendors in the temple because there was no need for sacrifice. Living lives devoted, every act would be their sacrifice. Zechariah dreamed of a day when there would no longer be traitors in the house of the Lord. And Jesus, consumed by his passion for God and for God's house, pictures the day with Zechariah when there will no longer be a need to purchase sacrifices in the temple because our lives are a story. What if the story of our lives told a story of one of complete devotion to God? I mean, might we risk displaying our faith out in the world, a world that will likely mock it? A world that's likely to mock you for living a life? I mean, what if we hire for a world that revolves not around business, not, about the accum- not around the accumulation of wealth or power or prestige, but rather around love and grace. I mean, what if we risked ourselves for the sake of God's vision, God's desire for a people who practice not ritual sacrifice, but a lived sacrifice? A people who lay down their own selfie, were so consumed by zeal for God's house that we didn't just devote Sunday mornings to God, but we sacrificed our whole lives. We offered all that we have and all that we are each and every day. What might that look like? During this season of Lent, that's what we're doing. That's what we as a community of faith we're doing together, that's our primary spirit of Jesus' last through personal sacrifice. To risk displaying our faith and our zeal for God in all places and before all people. Can you picture it? <laughs> 